Just in case our name Clit Talk wasn't a disclaimer enough, we wanted to let you know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience only. So if you have any little ones in the room, now is the time to maybe put some earmuffs on or escort them out. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today, yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk, talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. Welcome to Clit Talk. The Pleasure Positive Podcast, where badass women discuss everything from orgasms to gender harmony to the health benefits of masturbation, the sex ed you wish you got, and then some. This first season of Clit Talk is inspired by Regina Thomashauer, creatrix of the School of Womanly Arts, leader of the Pleasure Revolution, and author of her New York Times best-selling book, Pussy, a Reclamation. In the studio with us today, we have... Jade, an Afro-Latina Panamania, born in Orange County, living in Los Angeles. Crystal, a 30-something entrepreneur, actively dating in L.A. Lolita, a 29-year-old conscious parenting coach. I'm Tamiko. I'm half Japanese. I have two grown daughters, and I'm happily single. Hey, this is Lindsay, an East Coast girl, professional singer, moved to California, a stepmom, and a badass. I'm Sugar. I'm a 23-year-old Ashkenazi Jew. I just graduated college, finally, started my own company, and I'm a newlywed. I'm Katie. I'm 33, happily married, writer, actor, nurse. And I'm Eve, a bisexual Korean-European from the suburbs of Virginia. We'll begin with some words from Mama Gina. Pussy. 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 It's arguably the single most pejorative word in the English language. It's the ultimate salacious smackdown to a woman's dignity used when the intention is to hurt, humiliate, and fracture her humanity. Pussy is the lowest of lows for men as well. There's no quicker way to snip a man's balls than to call him one. No clearer way to warn him that his reputation is in dire straits. The solution for the epidemic of powerlessness among women, which neither great success nor higher education is able to solve, is simple. Reconnecting a woman to her pussy. Just as pussy is the source of all human life, pussy is the source of each woman's connection to her own life force, her voice, and her sense of internal power. When a woman turns on her pussy... She's actually turning on her life force and connecting to her divinity. I was raised to have great respect and reverence for the power of language, for the way a simple, well-placed word could launch a movement or change the course of history. In the beginning was the word. The word, my darlings, is pussy. And with this book, I intend to return that word to its rightful place. As the highest of all possible compliments, as a sacred living prayer. So here we are discussing pussy, the word. What were you taught to call your genitals as a child? As a kid, I was taught to call my pussy a cookie. It was called a cookie. And there's a story that my parents tell me 
when they referred to my pussy as a cookie, I used to say, I'm not a cookie. (laughs) (laughs) You can eat them and they're delicious, but it's not, it didn't make any sense to me. It was really confusing. So for me, there was no name for it. We didn't talk about it. It wasn't a part of the subject of life at all. It was just irrelevant. I was kind of shocked when I read the statistics recently about how three-year-olds, 95% of boys have the real name for their genitals. And only 52% of girls have any kind of name for their genitals. I thought it was really interesting. I was taught private parts or down there. My mom called it a punani. (laughs) (laughs) And And it was meant to be private. And that was what we called it. I called mine a vagina. My mom was a nurse, so she was very matter-of-fact. We just called it a (laughs) pee-pee. And, you know, do you need to go pee-pee? Or don't let anyone touch your pee-pee. That's what we called it at home. So now that we're grown adult women, what does the word pussy conjure in your mind today? It was really interesting for me. I used to be one of those chicks who used to call the guys a pussy. You know, oh, you're don't be such a pussy. And when I read this book, I was like, oh, I totally have used that to snip off a man's balls before. And so now when I naturally have this tendency to want to say that, I immediately have to stop myself because there's so much holiness around the word for me now after reading this book. Yeah, I feel like it's really degrading, actually, you know, to use that word part of our vernacular in terms of our most excited place in our body and using it for the word like to to talk about a coward or a weakling. It doesn't make sense for someone like myself who've had two babies. I don't consider my pussy at all anything about that region to be weak. I believe it's a tremendously strong organ and it has all this ability to provide pleasure. I don't think it's weak at all. When I was in my early 20s, I had a boyfriend who loved to use the word pussy in bed. And every single time he would say it, I would squirm and I would get super turned off. And I asked him not to use that word in bed anymore. And I told him it turns me off. And he protested a little bit. He really, the word really worked for him as far as a turn on. After this went on for, I don't know, a month or two, this conversation, I walked into our kitchen and there he was with our roommate, a guy, and the two of them were play fighting with each other and saying, you're a pussy. No, come on, pussy. Come on, pussy. Come on, pussy. And I looked him right in the face and I said, that's exactly why I don't want you to call me that in bed. So this book is such a revolution to me. The way that she titled it a reclamation, really in the reading of it, it has been a reclamation. Pussy is my word now, and that feels so good. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I actually had a, a different experience. When I was being intimate with someone, the word pussy, I would use it, and it actually turned me on. I wanted to be kinky or dirty, and for me, it was a naughty word. and 
after reading this book, it's changed the context of it for me. Not necessarily that it's bad to use it if I want to be naughty. You know, I can do what I want to do when I'm intimate. And it's had me pause and think about the way it has been used in culture. So when do you remember first becoming aware of your pussy? I was probably about four or five when I was super clear that my pussy was a source of pleasure. And I figured out that touching it was really quite satisfying to me. And it started then and it hasn't ended since. I think I was also around five years old and it really had to do with uh, being in the bathtub. And I don't even know how instinctually I knew if I wrapped my legs around the faucet and let that water pressure hit my clit that I would have an orgasm, a masturbation that was not discussed. I had no idea about it. And it was just, it's human. It's an urge. We know it's there and we figure it out. And that's why it's natural. At the same time, I realized that there was some shame in it, even though I don't think anybody taught me that shame. But I knew that I was on the lookout when I was in the bathtub or shower, that that door doesn't open up. So if that door opened up, I had a plan of how quickly I would move. And I would know that I would be embarrassed, also instinctually. So it's really strange how these probably unconscious messages come from society, maybe because we're not naming it, you know? Pussy has been used as a slang, a bigoted, derogatory term, basically. And we know how hurtful those words are in in society. And I think for us women to own it, we can change the concept of a word. How powerful is that? Just that alone, I think, is pretty powerful. I got caught in the bathtub also by my mom And she did a really good job, you know, she didn't yelp or get mad at me or anything. But what she did do as my legs were up in the air and I was positioned so perfectly underneath that gushing bathtub faucet was she said, oh, and then she closed the door really quick for me. So it was like my mom was doing me a solid, you know, but I could see that the message was this isn't to be shared, what you're experiencing right now. My f- experience as a four-year-old, I had a giant bear and it was, I knew it was life-size. So I was like, why don't I just come up next to my bear and imagine that this is my boyfriend? And I was in my room in my private um, zone in my room with this bear and And I started to hump the bear and it felt so good. And it was just like perfect. It was made for me. And then someone walked in that feeling, right? Oh no, close the door. And it was, it was, it was my mother. And she, she was just like, go, no, no, no. And it was this overwhelming experience of shame um, around this, which I think is really interesting to bring today where we are as adult women experiencing shame around our pussies, even shame for being a woman and not being born a man. Well, I'm jealous y'all discovered y'all pussies, you know, super early (laughs) in life. Okay. (laughs) Cause I, you know, I didn't really start touching myself until high school when a friend mentioned to me, he said to me, oh, you don't touch yourself? Like, a lot of women do. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
And so I went home and I discovered my pussy. But before that, as a child, I was just curious in how it worked. And I was trying to figure out like where the pee comes from. And I like literally did not figure that out until maybe a few years ago. So I'm a little late in the game and I was, you know, experiencing sexual pleasure very young, just not in that way. Better late than never. Yeah, girl. (laughs) We're going to look at another P word in this book, pleasure. So what is turn on? Is turn on mean that you're down to fuck every second of every single day? Or what does it mean for you? For me, pleasure is all about self-love and self-care and being able to breathe through my whole body. And it's healing for me. That's been my experience with this book because I started with three different injuries. I was in the hospital and what I discovered is that I was totally disconnected from my waist down and that's where all my injuries were. And when I started reading this book and breathing into that space, I started to get better. And um, so it's not just, you know, having sex, which I have discovered a lot of amazing things with my husband through this book as well. But the main thing that stood out to me the most is the healing conversation that is pussy. I believe that we are here for pleasure. I believe that we come into these bodies and we get to experience pleasure in a way that is palpable and tangible. And I say that really humbly because it's only and you know, it's it's been pretty recent for me that I have even been in the inquiry of what brings me pleasure. So we're talking about turn on and what that means to us. And I was thinking about it, like what turns me on? There's a lot of things that turn me on, but particularly what turns me on is that I could just be on my way to a business meeting. And I know that I'm going to be at a table because this is my industry, or 99% of the industry is men. So I'm going to be at a table with maybe five or six men, and that I have an opportunity to seduce them, to create a relationship that is beneficial in the business sense, and that I use my same feminine abilities to flirt and woo a man, but the intention is redirected, but I still am able to elicit the response that I want in terms of a business sense. And I get turned on by that. Of course I get turned on in in the dating setting or someone that I'm, you know, sleeping with or having a relationship with. But for me, turn on can even be in a room with a bunch of women having a dance party, which I used to do a bunch of times with my girlfriends, where we would just put on some music and dance for each other. And that's turn on to me. Do you experience being restricted from experiencing pleasure? So I would say I restrict myself. It's like, yes, society puts it on me, puts it out there, but I accept it. And I restrict myself and I've been, I was a late bloomer in discovering my pussy as well. Um, and I've really been trying on, how do I have pleasure? Like what's pleasure for me and ignoring the societal submission of it? 
Um, something that keeps coming up for me while we're talking about this is this conversation I had with my best guy friend. And I told him that I used to masturbate while driving. And I remember feeling really ashamed in this conversation. And he tends to use it as a joke against me whenever we have conversation. Oh, do you still masturbate on the road? And maybe I do sometimes, but that's okay. (laughs) You know what? It really transforms one of those long haul drives. That last leg of 405 traffic. And oh there God, are no laws against it. Long driving. I love this idea. It's the best idea I've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you put your left leg up on the dashboard, you know, you can get in there a little easier. <laughs> okay, anyway. And then you worry about if a Mack truck driver is going to pass because they have the height to be able to see down into your car. So you stop for a second just before they show up so they can find you out. And then you just give them a good old look. You're just like, what you looking at? Nothing happened. Nothing over here for you to see. I'm going to sing and masturbate in the car at the same time and not give a fuck what anyone thinks. Here's here's where equality gets a little bit switched. Because if you ever see a man, which I have, jerk off in the car while you're driving by, it is so creepy and it's such a turnoff. But I think if someone were to catch a woman doing it, that they probably would get turned on. That's kind of sad for the men, but I just, I don't know. Anyone else have thoughts on that? Yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of ladies and gay men would probably not get turned on at all, but they True. might find it more funny than creepy. I don't know. True. If Maybe if women were doing it, men wouldn't have to be so shamed for doing it. It would just be human. When do we experience the maximum pleasure? I think when you're really letting go and being yourself. When I'm able to give a little guidance to my sexual partner. And one of the things that I find almost always has me just straight come is what happens after I say, gentle, please. Mm, more gentle. More gentle. And then when he says, gentler than this and I say yeah okay I'm horny I'm sitting next to her I'm just like <laughs> oh my God. I'll be Cattle very that gentle one. with you <laughs> I receive a lot of pleasure when I'm sleeping I'm just kidding. Okay, so I do actually receive a lot of pleasure when I'm sleeping, but when I'm awake, what really brings me pleasure is when I'm able to look through eyes of love. I'm just able to look around me and bask in the miraculousness of my existence. I mean, really, we're floating around on this rock in an infinite universe, and it brings me pleasure to know that I am here to enjoy. So I have a pleasure 
in many different circumstances. You know, sometimes when you're with somebody for the first time, that excitement because it's new. And even if physically it may not be the best you ever had, just the adventure of something new. You know, everyone has experienced that. So I think that there's pleasure in that, but there's also pleasure for me in the intimacy of the eye contact when you're having sex or fondling each other or whatever it is, that that eye contact and that feeling that other person, for some reason, that just gives me tremendous pleasure. Yeah, when I think about a a night, right? A night just full of pleasure, it would start with a nice bottle of red wine, an amazing meal, the simple pleasures, you know, stimulating your taste buds. And then... This is for all the men out there that may be listening. Women, I, at least for me, I want it slow. I want you to enjoy and be present and explore every inch of my body as we ramp up into what we're going to be doing and really just being, I guess, presence. When I am completely free and present is when I experience the most pleasure with anything I'm doing and I'm not thinking about it. So I'm really hearing in all of this that pleasure sometimes is coming through our experience with another. It's sometimes coming through our experience with ourself. And it's super beautiful. Regina writes, May who I am awaken and inspire you to see who you are. Because I am the definition of a powerful woman. I love with my whole body, mind, and soul. I say whatever the fuck is on my mind. I make huge mistakes proudly. I rage with as much passion as I grieve. I live my poetry, my art. I mother my child like a she-wolf. I risk my life to live my truth. I laugh easily, mostly at myself. I would sell my soul for a night of ecstasy. And every day I'm serving my goddess and my God with every cell of my being. In other words, I'm just like you. So now I would like you to just take a moment and connect with your pussy if you have one. If you don't have one, I ask that you try relating to the pussy in a new way. Try relating to the pussy with a sense of dignity and honor, with reverence or with love. And when you're ready, I would like you to begin to chant the word pussy. However it wants to come out is perfect. Pussy. 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 Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe, but only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again, 
only if we're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships. And if you email us a screenshot of your review to clittalkcontest at gmail.com, you will be automatically entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card. We can't wait to give you some free shit.